0: Coming up on today's episode, we take a look at the state of the Jets with eight games to go, plus some potential off-season rumors involving Winnipeg. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host Brandon Rowicki You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki, or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back at it here. Apologies for the delay, everybody. Um, technical difficulties might be putting it mildly, but it, uh, yeah, it did knock us out for a uh, for, for a couple of days there. But thankfully, um, you know, not going to name names or put blame on anybody. But thankfully. A certain co-host of the podcast found a way to uh, get it done, and we're good to go here. A little bit later than usual to start off the week, but plenty to get into, as always, surrounding the Winnipeg Jets, and we'll do all of that right now. And uh, joining me once again, fresh and ready to go, CJOB's Tyson Verwicki with a new mic, a new Mac. Looking good. How we doing today? Mildly is putting it mildly that laptop (laughs) was destroyed there was no way took it into apple and they're like yeah this is going to be about three week fix and like that's not gonna work we can't 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 go for three weeks without my laptop so i mean desperate times call for desperate measures well hey i I appreciate you spending a couple bucks to to get this thing back on track here um we can maybe make that a business expense or something like that and you know (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know what the Canadian version of the IRS is. I don't think they're listening, so we should be okay. <laughs> um, but it's kind of funny that your laptop completely falls apart right as the Winnipeg Jets are completely falling apart. So maybe, maybe there was a bit of symbolism there. So who knows? maybe maybe now that the, well, I guess the laptop isn't fixed. So that doesn't really work. You have to get an entirely new laptop. So maybe it's symbolism in a way of what's to come for the Winnipeg Jets right you can't go to the store to get a new team but you can get some new players in uh a few other avenues in a uh, couple of months time so so maybe that maybe it's some foreshadowing your laptop compared to what the Winnipeg Jets are going through right now um obviously we're a little bit too late to break down the Jets most recent endeavor that 4-1 loss to the Kings in LA on Saturday so we're not going to necessarily just you know break down that game specifically because it's you know already been done, and we're a few days behind that. We got the matchup against the San Jose Sharks tonight, which the Winnipeg Jets hopefully should be able to take advantage of. But I thought it would be a good opportunity, Tyson, to um, I guess just take a look at where the team is right now because I gotta tell you, I can't remember and I would love to know which team this would be but I can't remember the last time that there was a team four points up on a playoff spot with eight games to go, essentially an 80% chance of making the postseason, all but done, that has a fan base as fed up and as infuriated as the Winnipeg Jets group is right now. I mean, people aren't having fun (laughs) with a team that's likely going to make the playoffs it's I I don't know I just I I haven't seen something like this in quite some time I'm not saying they're wrong I'm probably right there with them but it just speaks to how poorly this team has played decisions that have been made around the lineup uh, just, just pretty much everything around this hockey club right now as to why we're all sick and tired, and almost looking, you know, with a couple of eyes towards the offseason as opposed to what should be some excitement and some fun with a playoff push and some postseason games in Winnipeg up coming in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, you mentioned the eighty percent chance of making the playoffs. Yes, most Jets fans, I feel like they they think that the Jets have like a twenty percent chance of making it right now, right? Like, and realistically, the Jets should have this playoff spot locked up. With their with their upcoming stretch of games, there's a couple big ones coming up against Calgary and Nashville that could like could play a big role in where the season ends up. But I mean, realistically, the Jets do have this locked up. It's just a kind of at this point almost if it's like the worst possible situation has to happen. And the way things have been going, that's not totally yeah. <laughs> out of the realm of possibility, right? Like, and I think the reason why so many people are fed up with this team is just because they seem fed up right? Like, they seem like a team that doesn't totally necessarily believe in what's going on in the locker room. They don't seem like a team that really trusts each other at the moment. And that's kind of two things that you can't have going into a playoff run. You need a cohesive group to really pull together and fight for each other at this point. And there's been times where I mean, we saw with the, the Blake Lazat play on Josh Morrissey. I mean, super dirty. Like, Blake Lazat, one game is kind of... I would have been okay with two, maybe even three. Like, that's just pure... Four, five, pure, yeah. Pure Six. dirt bag. Pure, <laughs> pure dirt bag. And at least you saw some sort of response there. But that's from Josh Morrissey, who's one of the more. I would I would say that this is just coming from an outside pr- perspective, but one of the more well liked, more well respected members of that team. But then we go back to the St. Louis game, where another well respected forward on the team, Nikolai Ehlers, doesn't get a single response from the team, and it's just that sort of inconsistency that bleeds over into the defensive play. That bleeds into the ozone time. It's just this constant inconsistency that's really kind of driving people off the Jets right now. And it's hard to blame them. Yeah. You know, and I I mean, I, I think it's fair to, to say at this point, like, what's, you mentioned inconsistencies there. Is, is that not just kind of consistently who they are, though? Like, is the first part of the season the outlier here? You know what I mean? Like, it, this has been a problem for the prior two seasons under two different head coaches. I I would have to say that this is just what the Winnipeg Jets are. And I I guess my feeling on where the team is at right now, Tyson, is is pretty much just this. And it doesn't, I mean, it might not help anybody in all this, but whether, whether you're excited for a playoff run, whether you want this team to kind of crash and burn, whatever it is, I would say just either enjoy or if you don't like it, have some solace in the fact that this is the last time we're going to see this group of the Winnipeg Jets together as we know it. Uh, I I don't care if it's two rounds one and a trip to the conference finals. I don't care if it's they missed the playoffs. I don't care if they're out in round one in a hard fought battle and some bounces didn't go their way. I don't think it matters because this group has shown literally nothing to have any sense of belief behind them and quite frankly they're pretty lucky that the the gm of this team has been as 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 foolish to put his faith in them as he has so far because they've they've just shown time and time again that when the going gets tough they fold at the slightest sense of adversity and that game against la was a great example of that right like you you don't play great against Anaheim, but you find a way to get a win that you should, right? That, that So you get the result, which is kind of all that matters at this point. But you go up against a Kings team who, you know, you're probably going to have to face. You might have to face them come playoff time. Or at the very least, you're going to face a team that, that plays a similar style to them, right? And it looked like a ocean of a divide between those two clubs. One team that's ready to go for the postseason. One team that has their eye set on where are we going to book vacations by the time mid to late April rolls around, right? So I, I guess that's just one way to look at it here. And again, I, I don't even think a, a deep playoff our friend saves them, especially with the way the contracts are set up with, with a, a bunch of the, the big guns on this team having one year to go here. I think that what we've seen from now over the course of the last little while, and it's not going to be earth shattering news to a lot of people here. It's just this group can't win. Three different head coaches, I think, have come out publicly and basically said something along those lines. And we'll get to some of Rick Bonus's comments and decisions in the next little bit here. But this is this is this is a group that basically can't do the simplest things out there on a hockey rink. How in the world can you expect them to actually contend and go deep for a Stanley Cup year in, year out? And that's if they even want to be in the city of Winnipeg to do that. Yeah, and and that looked like that LA game was a complete role reversal of where both teams kind of are in the season right now. Like you would think that LA was the team that was battling for that last wild card spot, that was really clawing to get in the playoffs and not have more so of a comfortable lead. Like LA still has a lot to play for as the season winds down with playoff seating and everything, but they've got a spot r- wrapped up regardless of where they regardless of where they finish. And the Jets kind of they just plain and simple they just let LA do whatever they want for the most part. Like really, and you can see the frustration on bonus, especially after that empty net goal where he's just he's throwing his hands up in disbelief. And as a coach, like that's not what you want to see from your coach. What are we, seven games away from the end of the regular season now? Eight. Like, it's just I, I it's it's hard to it's hard to put into words exactly what's happened with this team over the years, even though it has happened pretty similarly the past couple of years. But it's just so shocking to see the different levels of play that this team can have. And that's what's also what's frustrating is because you know what this team's capable of, capable of, you know, that they have the opportunity and the, and the, and the skill set to make a lot of these plays happen and make and create offense. And it just seems like a team that's kind of, that's checked out. Like, honestly, that's all that you can really say right now. Is that it, a lot of guys it, Tyson, I think they're the most arrogant team I've ever seen. Yeah. They, they play, they play like, they're the colorado avalanche or the tampa bay lightning like they like they've won something right like it, don't worry we'll turn it on when it matters you've done <laughs> you've done jack squat yet you walk around acting like hey don't worry we're gonna figure this thing out and we got all the answers and don't worry once once playoff time comes around we'll flip that switch and we'll get it going I i i it blows my mind and maybe it speaks to some of the mistakes of the past several years you know the coddling and and the lack of accountability that's gone on for so long that they, they feel like, hey, we can get away with anything and we'll just kind of turn it on when we want to. It, it, it's, it's a team that's not very fun to cheer for and, and, and fun to watch. I, I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And I, I go back to Chevy's comments at the trade deadline, Tyson, when he talked about, you know, this is a team that, that has the pieces to go ahead and win a Stanley Cup and there, there's kind of two two thoughts in my head looking back at that now is, is one were you watching the same team everybody else has been watching this whole time and and two if, if you legitimately thought that and this is the effort that they're putting out there whether it's him or somebody else behind the wheel I don't know how you don't try to come up with some kind of a reconfiguration of of half this roster especially the big 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 name guys come this offseason because they just they, they don't got it they, they, they don't have it and and there's some there's some guys on this team that i think are capable and that you'd want to stick around for a retool rebuild whatever you want to call it but there's there's at least four to five guys likely even more than that that have got to hit the door got to get out there if we want to have any chance of being a team that makes run after run after run yeah and i think that I think it would surprise people too about how many, and not just on the Winnipeg Jets, but how many players throughout the year requested for a requested trade at some point. And the way that a lot of guys, these guys are playing, you got to wonder like how many of these guys really have made their opinion loud and said that this is, look, this isn't necessarily where I want to be to end my career. I might want to try something new. But we've seen with teams before where they kind of have slow first and second periods. And then they kind of start to bring it on the third period and try and at least try to stage a comeback. Like we've seen many teams just get dominated through two periods and then really start to pour it on a team in the third when they kind of have, when they're like, okay, we have kind of have to win. We haven't even seen that with the jets. Like we haven't even seen a game where they go into a period down and they really bring the game to them and try and make it more of a game. And it's kind of just a, a roll over and die attitude. Like honestly, and, I just, it, it's, there's so many question marks going into this off season, not even just on the team. You're going through staff, through management. Like there's a lot of question marks on this team, not, and you also have to look at not just this next year and what's going to happen with the Winnipeg Jets in 2023, 2024, but you got to look at the seasons going down the road too. Like what, what is this team going to look like in the next couple of years? And I think that getting a solid Message and a a clear and concise point to the fans that this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. I think that's what's needed this offseason. And it's really, I think they really need to work on kind of writing the ship and getting that culture that they speak of. And we heard so much about it earlier in the season about how, oh, this is the tightest knit group that we've ever seen. Like you hear that about teams all the time and then they fizzle out and it doesn't look like they're a tight knit team. Like, I'm sorry, regardless of how many players have said that this is a really tight knit team, they might all like each other. But you're not pulling They don't play like it. Yeah, right. You're not pulling the wagon together. Like you might yeah. like each other, but you guys aren't working together. And my my thought, my thought there is you you guys should play on more hockey teams. <laughs> like if that's <laughs> the most that's this is a tight-knit team. You guys, you guys don't want to do anything, anything except play offense. And you don't want to shoot the puck either when you play. Like it's it's matt might be the best way to describe the the Winnipeg Jets right now. And I feel like I feel like we've officially reached the breaking point if it didn't happen a few a few weeks ago already, that people just this iteration of the team, it's done. What it, they can do, whatever they want over the next eight plus games, but there's no point whatsoever of bringing this group of players back next season. Um, that the time for you know major additions at the deadline, that that's that's come and gone right now, and the belief that Chevy put in this team has not been rewarded whatsoever. And I think you know even the most optimistic Jet fan would look at this group and say. Yeah, there's there's talent here, but for whatever reason, the mix of of guys that are on this club right now, it's not going to work. We got to find a way to um, got to find a way and change that. Whether it's a retool, a rebuild, reload, uh, so, something something with re is going to happen this off season in front of it here, and it just. Well, well, we'll see what happens, and we'll see what plays out here. I mean, I'm, look, you talk about trade requests. There's, there's going to be a lot of those, and I think there's going to be a lot of those accepted by by the Winnipeg Jets as we get uh, closer and closer to the uh, the middle of the calendar year. Now, you also mentioned potential trade requests, Tyson, and I do wonder if there's a guy that isn't a part of that group in the past that that might be joining. That parade this off season. We'll get to that. Some of the lineup decisions that have been made that have people even more infuriated. We'll get to all of that as well as um, some some more off season talk in just a sec here. But quickly before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We have got you covered right now with plenty of heated action going on. NHL NBA playoffs about to get underway, and of course March Madness, the Final Four is almost here as well and new customers on whatever you're betting on can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly whether it's basketball hockey golf potentially wrestling sometime down there that that still boggles my mind um but plenty of stuff for you to get into um the predators and bruins by the way battling it out on a Tuesday night I think Nashville is pretty much checked out after their uh, previous two blow and losses of the season so maybe we'll we'll get back on the bruins bandwagon and have boston to uh cover a a pretty big spread in hockey terms at least so if you're looking to make some money why not put a little bit on the bruins to take down the predators and that would be in boston so even better you can do that and plenty of other bets as well using our friends over there at dk how do you do it well it's this simple Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. So when I mentioned Tyson, a guy that hasn't been a part of the trade request crew in the past little while, that might be joining that group this upcoming offseason. Is there a name that pops into your head as to who that might be? Oh, I think there's one clear one. That's uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. No, no, no. Dubois has been a part of that. Okay. Dubois, oh, yeah, yeah, Not a part of it. Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Somebody that hasn't been a part of it that I think is going to join them this offseason. I hate to say it. Say I it. think I think you're thinking about Nikolai Ehlers. I'm thinking about Nikolai Ehlers. That is correct. Man. I mean, it, it's kind of a... I mean, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a two-pronged conversation here. One is the most recent lineup in terms of forward combinations that was put out by the Winnipeg Jets heading into this game against the San Jose Sharks Tuesday night, which sees Nikolai Ehlers demoted. Some people are saying it's not a demotion because, you know, he's getting away from Shifley. Stop it. It's a demotion. We know Shifley and Wheeler are going to play 20-plus minutes in this upcoming game here. If not, I'll be flabbergasted, and I'll I'll eat all the crow in the world. But it's not a demotion, it, like it's not a promotion. He's he's being demoted, and he's going to get less five on five minutes, right? And this is a guy that isn't on the first power play. I I just wonder here. We'll we'll talk about the lineup in just a sec, Tice, But specifically with Nikolai Ehlers, like at what point is enough enough from his side of things? Like there there is a large contingent of both Jets fans and NHL fans that have seen his ice time not equate to the level of talent that he has. And they wonder, like, what is going on over there in Winnipeg? And if the fan base here can see it, if people across the NHL can see it, you can't tell me that Nikolai Ehlers isn't noticing that as well. He's been the good soldier for a long, long time here. There's a lot of players that would be in a similar situation as him that would say, "Uh uh-uh, either give me the minutes or give me a place that is going to give me those minutes. He hasn't done that. But I do wonder, like, is this – are we ultimately reaching a tipping point with Nikolai Ehlers here in that if you're looking at your situation, if you're Nikki, you've got a few years left on your deal but not all that much time, do you not maybe prioritize yourself a little bit here and say, look, if if you're not going to give me 18 minutes a night, let alone the the 16 that he's been getting recently, if you're not going to do that for me and if I'm not valued here, Right? like if, if you think I'm a second, third liner and a PP two guy, then you know what? I don't want to be a part of this group either. I, I wonder if the Winnipeg Jets have pushed themselves down this road where I think it's going to bite them in the ass in a big way. Well, and especially with Ealers too. You talk about a guy who's really struggled the past couple games, the past couple weeks even, who hasn't really done much on the offensive side of things, and that's Cal Connor. Right, like he Ealers has taken rick bonus's message of shooting the puck more and he's really applied that into these last couple games and yes there's still some times where ehlers might pass up a shot but i feel like he's been the more trigger happy out of the jets forwards these past couple games and you don't see anything happen to kyle connor right like he's had just as many defensive lapses he's gone through cold stretches he's gone through periods of play where he doesn't look engaged totally and he still has a spot just stapled on the top line there and, and I consider that good reason too because he does have that skill set but why is Nikolai Ehlers the guy who is being demoted the guy who is taking the coach's message and trying to apply it to his game a guy who doesn't deny media requests at the end of the game you know Ehlers is one of the is always one of the guys who shows up at the end and he speaks his mind like he's an open book to the media he says a lot of things like like wow he, he talks about how openly frustrated he is with the play these past couple weeks and it's hard to blame him. And then you get this situation here where things aren't working good for the team. You're trying to do what the coach is saying, and you're being demoted. Like you're getting the demotion from all that. And I can just see, totally see how the frustration can seep through. And you're looking at Cal Conn, you're like, well, what am I doing that he's what, like, what is he doing that I'm not in these past couple of games? And he's, he's not doing more than healers. And so I think it's just a crazy, I, I think it's a crazy situation that, the Jets have kind of put themselves in. I mean, we don't know what goes inside in the locker room. I mean, like, for all we know, these guys just go out at it 24-7 and they just like, it's it's kind of just toxic, but I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And so it's just kind of a head scratcher with bones here. And why are you doing this with, right? Like, it's just a guy, you, a guy like Val, Vladimir Mesnikov, who's played very well for this team since coming over. I don't understand how he gets precedence over Nikolai Ehlers and moving up in the lineup. I just, yeah, well, and, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, look, we'll, we'll talk about the lineup in just a sec, but it's, it, it, it is a lot of what you're saying there is that it, it always feels like Ehlers is the one to get the demotion instead of a Connor, instead of a Wheeler, instead of, you know, name this guy, name this guy. It's, it's always Ehlers that, that bears the brunt of it. And I, I, I don't get it. And it's funny too, because he's not even playing outstanding. I think he's been like, okay to good. He's got three points in his last five games. That officially makes him the hottest Winnipeg jet in terms of scoring on the run, right? Like, so not only like not only are you are you pushing him down the lineup, but you're also pushing one of your hot hands, even though he's not doing a whole bunch on, on on the on the score sheet there. It, it, I just don't get it. And I do think that at some point here, and and maybe it is this offseason that he just looks at the team and says, Hey, if it's if it's same GM, same coach, same group of players. I, like, if they're not going, then I'm going. And I I wonder if ultimately the Winnipeg Jets have have, have pushed him to that point. Would love to know what you guys think. Let us know. Is, is Nikolai Ehlers potentially going to be a guy that might want to move out of Winnipeg if things don't work out for him in the better in the next little while? How, how's that all going to play out? Let us know. Um, On Twitter, at Brandon underscore Rewiki, at Tyson Rewiki, at Skates Plates Pod. Now the lineup that we saw, which is kind of a part of this conversation as well, and you mentioned Domestikov getting to move up there with Sheifley and Wheeler. This the, the, uh, n- no offense to Nemestikov whatsoever, who like you said is, has played really well here. But this this whole forward group just makes no sense. Like I, I don't understand what the thought process is behind all of this. It, it's it's just it's stupid. Like I'm sorry, I don't Bones knows more hockey then he's forgotten more hockey than I know. But this this lineup just has nonsense written all over it. Like, you're going to have old man Blake Wheeler playing up there on the top line. He's cooked. He can't He can't move. And I don't even blame him. Like, he's 30, what is he, 35, 36? It's, again, another coach that's putting him in a position to fail when you should be putting him in a position to succeed playing down to the third line and getting 12, 13 minutes a night. Then you have him up there trying to create offense when he's incapable of doing that five on five or on the power play right now. Probably because he's been getting too much ice time at this point. But then you compound that mistake by saying, Well, if we're gonna have Wheeler up there with Shifley, we need some speed with him to help him out there and and, and, and try to essentially track some of his faults behind him. So we're gonna put Nemesnikov up there on the top line. Guess who's faster than Nemestikov? <laughs> like if you're gonna if you're gonna have speed up there put the either the fastest or the second fastest winger on this team beside Blake Wheeler to try to get some offense and some speed going right like it, none, none of this makes any sense there's a complete refusal to put back the best line this team has had all season in Dubois, Connor and Ehlers together which again i just i, I don't know why this team is so hesitant and, and and scared to to put the trio like that together when they've been so good in the limited minutes that they've gotten and then on top of that the other best forward during this time frame morgan Barron, continues to get stapled to the fourth line instead of getting a promotion that he rightfully deserves make it make sense tyson I, To, in my opinion i think bones is just kind of at a loss for words and i think he's just literally going you know what let's just try some. let's just keep on trying something new i don't like when how long has, has a lineup really stuck with the, like, how long has Bones stuck with the same lineup for a couple of games, right? Like at these past months or so we're seeing the lines get switched up like every fourth day, every fourth day, every two games are getting switched up. Like it's so hard to build chemistry like that. And and in one sense, I get what Bones is trying to do. Like he's trying to mix things up. Like, like from. I was going to say, do you <laughs> Like I, I, I literally don't Tyson. I don't, none of this makes sense to me. The, like, Dubois, Connor, writer, like, that That should be a good line. But I, I just don't get any of this. Like, I, I feel it, like he's just trying to make something stick. Like, like, honestly, like, he's, I don't, I don't know what the, else this lineup configuration could lead, like, I don't know what the answer is for putting the lines the way they are other than Maybe this, this is something we haven't really tried yet. And maybe this will work. And I, I think he's just at that point with this team where he and how, how, how big of a veteran coach Rick bonus is. I don't think he knows what to do with this team. Yeah, like I, I, <laughs> You know, and, and that's, I, I agree. And that's not necessarily a, a knock on bones. He's just kind of like these guys, <laughs> this is so much worse than I thought, which he kind of said, uh, what was it last week when he mentioned, you know, like, we're, we're trying to get these guys motivated and, that i mean that's just a whole another can of worms there when the uh, head coach is basically basically pleading through the media like can you guys please be prepared for the game right like that that goes back to my earlier point of this iteration of the team is is done blow it up here but while the team is together like why not why not put them in a position to succeed and to me having Mesnikov and wheeler as as wingmates on a line is fine if they're doing it with Adam Lowry down the middle. And then you could even have Ehlers and Barron up there with Mark Shifley if you're so scared to put Dubois, Connor, and Ealers together again. Like, that, to me, gives this team the best chance to succeed if you're not going to put your most dangerous three together. But to have the lineup set as it is, I, I, I just, I don't get it. And I think ultimately what this leads to is a failure to, to produce offensively. And eventually we're going to see the lines get shaken up once again. I think we see Elias move up into the top six and then one of the two lines starts to score. And then we just kind of wasted either a game or two games or two, whatever it might be. It just feels like this, (laughs) this, this forward group that they put together here is destined to fail. And it's only a matter of time before we see things change and probably sooner rather than later. So I don't get it. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand it whatsoever. And I think people that are apoplectic about what's being put out there have every reason to be upset about this group as well. And, yeah, you, maybe you're right, Tyson. Maybe it's just to throw up your hands, and I, I don't know what to do. But to me, if you're in that situation, just put your best players together. <laughs> put your best players together, whoever's playing best at that time, and try to figure things out. And I don't think Blake Wheeler is one of your six best forwards right now. So Right, and what was one of the most successful lines this year? Right, like Dubois, Connor, Ehlers when's the last time we've seen them play together months yeah like january yeah. probably one like I, I think once the first change since Elias came back i think that first change from when they moved him off that line i think that was like the last time like they might have played a couple shifts here and there in like a third period or something but i, I don't even think that's right like i don't think that he's played with them since that no little, no he hasn't game stretch where they dominated the yeah. league <laughs> no they, they scored too many goals and rick bonus said enough en- en- enough of that you know let's make sure we don't score ever again and um mission accomplished <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I just i don't get it especially for a team that's been so awful in the goal department for so long here i mean that game against anaheim is their best game in what is it like a month offensively And and you just refuse to put your three best offensive players together. It it, it makes no sense. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here. You know, having said all that, they'll probably put up six against San Jose or something like that. And Wheeler ends up with four assists. But um, we'll, we'll see what happens with the lineup against the game against San Jose. And then later on in the week, as the schedule starts to stiffen up in the final seven games of the year, they've got one more freebie here before things get a little more difficult for the club down the stretch. Um, now, one thing I do want to touch on quickly before we wrap up the episode, Tyson, talking about some offseason rumors, and would you mind giving a little bit of background to this? It involves Pierre Luc Dubois. Now, Elliot Friedman on Thirty Two Thoughts, the podcast, mentioned, and I'll paraphrase a massive amount here, so don't take this word for word, but essentially that Dubois to Montreal is the worst kept secret in all of hockey, and that one and a half feet out the doors is probably a good way to look at that situation here. But there was something that you picked up on um, from a Montreal Canadiens reporter that could put a potential wrinkle into the Dubois Jets Canadian triangle. Yeah. And it's actually a massive, like this is a a huge piece of leverage for the Montreal Canadiens heading into this off season. But with Pierre-Luc Dubois, if they feel that Chevy's trying to, really get as much value as possible, which he should, in all fairness, right? Like, you should be trying to get a, the most value that you can. But when a guy wants to go somewhere, Montreal does have a little bit of an X factor that they can throw out, where they're not meeting their demands. On July 1st, the Habs could say, I don't remember the exact dollar amount. It's something like 6.3, I believe. Um, if you uh, if they offer Pierre-Luc Dubois around 6.3 million... Offer on the sheet, month, if they offer sheet Offer sheeted, right. On a one-year deal, the Jets would have the opportunity to not match that and get a first and a third-round pick in the following draft. Those picks are unprotected, too. That's the one thing about offer sheets. You're not allowed to protect your picks. Or they match the contract, keep Pierre-Luc Dubois for another year. But if they do that, they're unable to trade him until July 1st, the next season. So you're kind of just matching that offer, keeping him for a year, and then he's gone for nothing. So you're kind of being put in a hard spot here with Montreal where they kind of hold all the cards. And then, I mean, Chevy could pull something out of his out of his hat where he sends him off to a different team, like a d- division rival or something, and they use him as a full-year rental instead of just a half-season rental. But I don't think you're going to get as much value from those kind of teams, knowing that he's going to Montreal the next season. So you're in a really tough position right now with Montreal where they kind of hold the cards. And I mean... At that point, in my opinion, I feel like you take the picks and hope Montreal continues to not be good because, like, like if if it gets to that situation, right? right? I I think I think you got to take the picks. Like, like honestly. Well, here I mean, it's funny too because people always forget that a player has to sign the offer sheet from another team. That would not be a uh, (laughs) that would not be something that would dissuade Pierre Luc Dubois in this uh, particular situation. So, so it is a, a legitimate threat that the Winnipeg Jets have to navigate T- to me. I kind of see it playing out like this. And I guess it, I guess it depends too. what happens with the Jets? Assuming it is Chevy. Let's just say it's Chevy, for example. To to me, what you do in the Dubois situation is, I-, I don't know when the draft is sometime in late June. I think what, what you're talking about there, it, it kind of puts a deadline on the Dubois-Jets negotiations, right? Because you cannot, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, let it go to July 1st. Because if that situation happens, that's the worst possible thing. Because a first and a third round pick is is peanuts for what you could get from Dubois at, at basically any other point, right? Like th- that would just be a horrific return, um, even with the potential allure of that being a top five or a top 10 pick from a Canadiens team that's rebuilding right now. But you, you cannot let it get to that point. So what it does to me is it puts a deadline that the Winnipeg Jets have to make a decision before that time. To me, I go even one step further and I say, you know, whatever date the draft is, you know, right before pick number one is announced, that is the deadline for Pierre-Luc Dubois to either sign a long-term deal with the Winnipeg Jets or we're making a trade at that moment. Like, that's it. There, there's, no other, there's no other alternatives or options if you're the Winnipeg Jets at that point. And right. I imagine with, you know, the way the tea leaves are, are are being read here is that a trade is going to be the ultimate um solution to all of this. But I also don't think it's set in stone that the Jets trade Dubois to Montreal. To me, it's just quite simple. We're trading them before the draft. The team with the best offer gets Pierre Luc Dubois. If it's Montreal, great. Fairy tale, everybody's happy. If it's any other team, well, go sign with them in the offseason. But that's not our problem anymore. That, that that to me is how the Winnipeg Jets should approach the Dubois situation. And ultimately, it's, it's how I see this whole thing playing out here. It's just going to be: does Montreal pull the trigger on this? Right? Like, do they and we'll talk about this more once the offseason rolls around. I don't want to spend, you know, 20 minutes on it. But if you're the Montreal Canadian, do you give up legitimate assets to get a guy that you know will sign for you in the upcoming offseason? Right? Like, do you give up assets to have him? in the fold for an extra year or do you play the waiting game and then just iron out whatever it is on a, a long-term contract going to be as an upcoming ufa that that to me is the only up in the air decision in all of this because i do feel like the winnipeg jets is just as simple as we're taking the best offer before the upcoming draft and then we'll just try to figure out how to build the team after that yeah uh, and even if it does end up where up Pe- or where dubois says hey like i'm not even going to report to another team like i'm not I'm not signing with anyone but Montreal. I think there, there are still ways where you can extract value from Montreal. Like I think that you can use their threat of an offer sheet and say, hey, you guys weren't very good this last year, and I don't think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to automatically turn your, your guys into a playoff team with how tough your division is. You can maybe try and say, hey, put some protections on this pick and then try and extract some more younger players from that team and try and get some more guys who could h- maybe help you with this upcoming offseason or upcoming season while still grabbing some picks and some prospects for the future. I think there's still some ways that you can get value from Pierre-Luc Dubois from Montreal, but it is kind of an ultimate trump card that Montreal has right now. I'll tell you what, Tyson. If Dubois does say that I'm only signing for Montreal, then I would very spitefully tell him, I hope you enjoy sitting on the couch for the next 12 months (laughs) because you're not going anywhere. And you can enjoy rotting and watching hockey, but you're not playing hockey anytime soon. I would very much enjoy it. I don't think it comes to that, but I would very much enjoy um, completely abandoning any idea of extracting assets for somebody and just spitefully saying, nah, yeah, no, we're good. You're, you're, we're not going to be pushed around like that. But we'll see what happens. That's a, that's a conversation for a different time. Um, we'll get to that uh, once the Winnipeg Jets season comes to an end, whenever that may be. Uh, but that'll do it for the episode here. I, I guess quickly, Tyson, I did do my research, by the way, and I tried the Miss Vicky's All Dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I know. Did you? Did, what did you feel about the aftertaste? A little weird. Yeah, like I. I mean, it was more barbecuey than it was all dressed. Like it was fine. I would. I would eat another bag if it was presented to me. But I. I just feel like the Miss Vicky's flavors aren't made for an all dressed chip. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I'd like, like, I, I, I kind of like a ruffled all dressed chip. I think that's. That's my go-to all dress. Yeah, but that's the best one. Ms. Vicky's like, stick, stick with the spicy dill pickle and the salt and malt vinegar, and we're gonna be just fine. What about the spicy ketchup? Spicy ketchup's good. I like spicy ketchup. It's it's, it's a it's a solid. That, that, that that's a solid eight. Like a that that that'll get you through some tough times. No, no doubt <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, just thought I'd mention that quickly. Uh we'll we'll get back at it though to uh, close out the week. Maybe we'll do one. We'll we'll see. It'll either come out Friday or Saturday morning, our next episode, because the Jets do take on the Red Wings on Friday night. But either way, we'll get back at it here now that we've got equipment and we're fully (laughs) ready to go here. We'll get you another episode to recap the week that was later on. Until then, though, thank you guys so much for stopping by and listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki here once again. We'll talk to you guys in a few days. Until then, have fun and stay safe, everybody. Peace.